0: Happy Rosh Hashanah, year 5776. Welcome to Unorthodox, a weekly podcast from Tablet Magazine. I'm Mark Oppenheimer, here in Tribeca with Deputy Editor Stephanie Butnick.
1: Hi. And
0: Senior Writer Leah Leibowitz. Kumar Khatimatova. You too, bud. We are in Tribeca, right? Same. Or is it I, West, I, Village? I we
2: West Village? We're in West Village. We're in West Village. We're in the West Side Highway.
1: We're not in New Haven. tonight, night,
2: and we're drinking
0: bourbon. We're- <laughs> showing my bridge and tunnel. Risk. We're a step away from prostitution. Everybody's it is. Later in the show, we'll be talking with columnist, stylist, fashion blogger, and Jewess Julia Frakes, who is, I think, about 22 years old, but has been doing her thing for six years now. And our Gentile of the Week is San Francisco-based lexicographer Erin McKean, who was editor of the new Oxford American Dictionary, has written seven books. She's the founder of Wordnik.com, which she calls the world's biggest online dictionary. So as we welcome in the new year, a little news of the Jews, abyssal, if you will. In Strasbourg, France, the last of the 86 victims of Nazi doctor August Hurt, who experimented on the skeletons of Jews plucked from Auschwitz and killed for his purposes, were buried. Also uplifting news this week, Barry Freundl, the mikveh peeping Tom, who used a special camera to spy on women immersing in the ritual bath at his Washington synagogue, published a public apology in the Washington Jewish Week. And Yeshiva University President Richard Joel, who had presided over more bad financial management than the Gentiles thought possible, announced that he is stepping down as president of the modern Orthodox school. Jews, good with money, not good with money. What does Richard Joel have to say about that?
1: I think he's breaking stereotypes, and I really respect him for that.
0: Yeah, there should be more of that. (laughs) But Liel and Stephanie, let's talk about some other things. Iranian President Hassan Rouhani tweeted, New Year's greetings to us Jews. How many Twitter followers does he have? Anyone want to guess?
1: I don't know, but we should make sure to clarify that this was on his English account, not his Farsi account. Oh. So this is basically like his burner phone. Like he, he <laughs> does, It just was like this gesture of nothingness. I would say
2: he has probably about, you know, in terms of Twitter followers, probably somewhere between um, Dustin Diamond from Saved by the Bell, Screech, <laughs> right? And probably... You know, Justin Bieber, and and no, not <laughs> Justin Bieber, like the guy who hosts the Late Late Show on CBS. I don't even know that guy's He's name. He has three hundred
1: eighty-five thousand followers. Which just okay. seems remarkably His English account.
0: It just seemed remarkably low. How to many me. does Screech have? <laughs> he tweeted, "May our shared Abrahamic roots deepen respect and bring peace and mutual understanding. L'Shanah tovah. Yeah. Hashtag Rosh Hashanah.
2: May May this May this be the year in which you
0: stop telling the lie about the Holocaust. Shana tovah right. to you all." May this be the year that brings your destruction, but in a peaceful way. In a peaceful way. Without too much pain, without unnecessary suffering. May this be the year of your
2: disappearance. Hashtag Shanatova, hashtag no more Jews, (laughs) hashtag end of days.
0: (laughs) It's so great. Hashtag Iran deal. Yeah. Right. Uh, Speaking (laughs) of Iran deal. Wait, before we get there, any rush He's having the best Rosh Hashanah ever.
2: He's you having know. the best 5776 <laughs> with a fish's head and some carrots like and this one is some so for, yeah, for the this is symbolizes the destruction of all our enemies. And
0: everyone's just like laughing. It's, it's great. This is a bad week for the when we get to yeah. the other news. This, this is, is a bad week. This is, is a bad week for the Jews. But 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 first, I it was I hope it was a good week for us. I had a good Rosh Hashanah. I threw some bread in the water with my with one of my daughters, the one who was still holding it together. tashlich or just for pleasure? Just for, well, you know, just for pleasure. Some years we bring the dog and the dog jumps in the water, eats our bread, and then it's like a scapegoat thing where they take on our yeah, sins. Yeah, that's and like just, a
1: real body and blood thing. It's a real body and blood. And then,
0: blood then thing. the dog dies and we get another dog. But what about you guys?
2: Stephanie? Your, I had a great I had a great lovely. time.
1: My, um, yeah, I went to dinner at my boyfriend's family's house in New Jersey. His mother makes a mean brisket. And then last night we went to my cousin's house and my parents and my aunt and uncle are calling it door of door because now their kids are who are, you know, recently married and in their early ish 30s, um, actually early 30s are now hosting the dinners and so they're very, very excited about that. From
0: generation to generation. Yeah. Was there was there like issues about you ditching your family for is, well, this is the first time you've ditched your family it was a for little the bit confusing friends,
1: right? It was a little bit confusing. Um, but I did I think it was fine. The Cohens make um, a mean brisket, then, though, so you can't. Oh my god, it was so good! I had some before I came here.
0: <laughs> we just want to say to your parents, we thought you should have gone home this year and not to the future in-laws. We absolutely do. No, this could it's, haunt it's, you I for a long you time. It's not a big Mrs. Butnick, if you're
2: listening, we're really sorry. Yeah, we think... um...
0: And you, Rosh Hashanah, what'd you do? Yeah,
2: um, I had 18 people over. I love about six or seven of them. Yeah, a friend had this great saying that he told me this, Hashanah when I was complaining about this, which I was to no end. He said, friends are God's way of apologizing to you for your family. So I had some friends over, uh, uh-huh. and I had a lot of meat over,
0: uh, none of it left over, and it was fantastic. So in, in the worst beginning of a year ever for the Jews, the New York Times made a list of Congress people, Congress persons, who had voted for and against the Iran deal and then itemized which ones were Jewish and which ones were from Jewish mm-hmm. districts. Uh, Stephanie, problematic? Not problematic. They took it down right away. Identifying each one with a little yellow star. A little in yellow was star. was actually for
1: highlighted in yellow. I like really <laughs> yeah. could not have gone, gone in for it more. Um, I think it was, they were asking for trouble. I think someone did it. They didn't, they, they were really, it was supposed to be accompanying a story that was basically about the interesting tension in the Jewish community about this deal, which is definitely a legitimate thing. But the way it was presented was basically like, here are the Congress people who voted specifically against the deal. Here are the one. there was a column that said Jewish question mark, and then yes or no. So I think, you know, like lists of Jews, columns of Jews really don't sit well with Jews and most people. Right. We don't
0: like being given two columns saying go left or go right. Yeah. That's, yeah.
1: So, yeah, it kind of sparked this Twitter firestorm, and they eventually corrected it, but then made, they said that actually 15, not 8, were the, the, the number of Democrats who opposed the deal. So they like made this other big error. Because this
2: is what was offensive about the original <laughs> list, the fact that they miscounted the number so, of Democrats yeah, I on mean, it.
1: I this, is a, this is a
2: perfect opportunity to uh, remind our listeners that uh, our beloved Mark
0: Oppenheimer is a religion columnist for uh, the paper of record. Uh how does this monthly make you feel? well the first thing i should the first thing I should say yes so so uh indeed I write a column fourteen to sixteen times a year a very good one we thank you say. thank you um the the decision to to do Jew, not Jew graphics is above my pay grade the I'm not consulted by the art department or whoever uh, wrote the piece i would have i think counseled against that um uh, so, the the initial point I made in defense of the institution, to, just to friends, like the, the extent to which I, ca- I comment on this is like Facebook, uh, was- well, So, look, all your 300,000 best friends? 300,000. Well, I'm old school. I actually think of, I only let people in if they're actual friends. It's Seriously? Not, it's not a phone directory for me. It's like, huh. I got to know you. Okay. My rule is if I could crash on your sofa, you get to be my friend. How many Facebook friends do you have? I have 900. 17. Wow. Okay. (laughs) You should never pay rent again. So my initial uh, thinking was, look, the Jewish press actually has has done a similar graphic. The Jewish Telegraphic Agency has done a similar count, a similar breakdown. So if them, why not the secular press? But then as some friends pointed out to me, that's actually idiotic thinking because, you know, there's a reason that an in-group publication does it saying, you know, look, we're having this fight. Let's figure out, you know, let's talk about this internal dissent. And then when major secular publication counts Jews and not a Jews, it does it is different. So I, yeah, I think, I think it was a bad thing. You have some good friends. And yeah,
1: I think it's context and intent. And I think first of all, I think this was like a misuse of data. Like they were trying to sort of say, like, here's how Jewish their districts are. And like all of that is valuable information. But when you sort of slap it together and then say, like, Jewish from a Jewish district, you know, Yes, vote here, or there. I mean, it brings up these like dual loyalty questions that everyone gets so freaked out about.
2: I have an obligation, uh, I think, as per usual in this podcast, to to you know carry this conversation down from the uh, reasoned, sort of well mannered, in, into the gutter. Uh, in in into the gutter. Okay, uh, you know. This is this is really kind of amazing. I mean, it's not amazing in the way that this happened, because yeah, I, I agree. If you reasonably and rationally wanted to kind of like look at the you know, implications behind it, you go, or the sort of the decision-making process behind it, you could find some sort of reasoning that works. But but this comes from a newspaper that last year alone published the following uh, op-ed. Titles are amazing. Israel's puppy Tony Blair. Israel's bloody status quo. How the West chose war in Gaza. Darkness falls on Gaza. Israeli self defense does not permit killing civilians. Israel has overreacted to the threats it provoked. Zionism and its discontents. U.S. should stop funding Israel or let others broker peace. Israel's colonialism must end. Unwavering support of Israel harms U.S. interests, encourages extremism, and eight days in Gaza, a wartime diary, life and death in the Gaza Strip. The New York Times is right now... Those are now. editorials,
1: let's just say. Those, Those are, are
2: not editorials. Those are op-eds, oh, op-eds. Uh, okay. that 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 a newspaper chose to run. Um, but, but this is kind of an, an amazing newspaper. And just to watch it in free fall, it's left the stage of tragedy for me a while ago. And now it's in this kind of amazing... Time of just looking at a formerly great organization descend into just you know a stage of self ridicule. I cancel my subscription, which I believe is a morally you they're know still, correct and thing. And that's like a thing that
1: like and, 9 and that, year olds. Say. I know
2: they're still no, know, feeling I that I one know. over on Eighth yeah, Avenue. No, no, but, but, we, but here's we lost the thing. They called. They called up and they said, um, "Well, Mr. Lieberwitz, <laughs> they, 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 um, well, they basically did to me what they did to Democratic yeah, Senators. Mr. Yeah, Mr. Leibowitz. I'm Sure, that's how it Are went Are we down. to assume that this is because uh, of the Gaza war? And I kind of wanted to hold my tongue because it was this, like, poor little subscription department employee. Right. But I just couldn't. I said, no, it's because you're wrong about pretty much everything else that you write about. I mean, you, you know advocated clemency is- for the treasonous Edward Snowden.
0: You know what There's you no shortage you of- could have You could have stepped to J- Jason Zinneman, the Times comedy critic, when he was in here two weeks ago. And you didn't have the courage to say to him, Jason, you're wrong about everything. Should I say to you instead? I've, now? I've just, Mark well, no, Oppenheimer, I mean, you are wrong about everything. So, I think it's great that you Except told for the things that you're right about. I told. I think it's great that you told the subscription person, personoid, <laughs> personoid. I'm, I'm sure exactly that your great. comments worked their way all the way up to the highest level. Oh yeah, I so, know. There's yeah. there's panic on Ninth Avenue. But I
1: don't think this we is the same Leibniz thing. We this lost everyone. This isn't the same thing. This just seems to me like sort of like a dumb mistake that someone didn't did without realizing the implications. And someone was like, "Oh, I'm sure it's really interesting to see who's Jewish and who's not." And like, it's just been blown into this. Big it's thing. also an example of a guy. You, gap.
0: Oppenheimer believe that? I think we've run it. We're not going to even get to new Labor Party chief Jeremy Corbyn. Oh, no, we have
2: to. Come on. It's right, so amazing. I
0: have very So the, the, the Labor Party in England has elected a new head of the Labor Party, the guy who would become prime minister if Labor were to win the election that'll be held sometime in the next five years, most likely. Uh, Labor probably won't win that election. But if they did, this guy would become prime minister. And he has a long history of uh, schmoozing up. Anti-Semites, Holocaust deniers, yep. probably climate change deniers, nine eleven conspiracy theorists, all, all the above, people with bad breath, etc. I have nothing to say about this. Like my interest in England is is trivial. Either of you? yeah. <laughs> okay, go for it. You, you really you don't care about this. I. I don't know enough about labor. I don't know enough about English politics. It's but do you probably... know that this is
2: a formerly important party? Yes. In a formerly important nation? In a nation? formerly important nation, right. yes. And, and so that the person... It's regrettable. That the person running it now basically pals around with Holocaust deniers, uh, compares the U.S. Army to
0: ISIS, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, that doesn't bother you? It's not that I approve. It's that, you know, I have a lot to, going on during my day. I don't get worked up about it.
1: So if he became prime minister, what would the implications be? Like, what? why, would, why should Mark care?
2: Well, first of all, any any number of policies that could be completely disastrous. Uh, almost certainly, the end of you know Britain's membership in the EU. You know, uh, uh, almost certainly the end of all British participation in any and all you know military operations, um, and also an indication that a formerly great democracy. Sort of the defender of uh, the world for liberty for a while there before we got in the game in nineteen forty one uh is is basically reneging on its promise to human freedom and has instead chosen to align itself with you know with terrorists and murderers and holocaust deniers and, and people who call homosexuals you know sick deviants that's pretty sad that's actually kind of a major tragedy. We kind of need Europe. I mean, we can't do this freedom it's... thing alone. All right, We I'm need persuaded. another freedom person, right? Stephanie, that you're was good. Yeah. That was good. Okay. A freedom it's wingman. It's bleak, but. If you
0: it's bleak.
1: 5776. Yeah, but... Really depressing. <laughs>
0: All right, our Jewish guest this week is Julia Frakes, whose mom is Jewish.
3: My mom is Jewish.
0: All right, um, she's from the Jewish haven of cent- Central Pennsylvania.
3: I'm actually from Bidenland. I'm from Scranton.
0: All right, and she is a blogger, a columnist for Paper Magazine. And um, Stephanie, what, Leah, what, <laughs> Julia, what do you? What else do you want to say about yourself? You have I, twenty-two thousand Twitter followers. Do
3: I? Yeah. I've never really checked. That's like daunting. I don't know. Um, You're like a
0: tenth of a Rouhani. <laughs> you know, you're,
3: right, you're, his English account.
0: When you were sixteen, you, so you were like a big fashion blogger celebrity. You're like a JV Tavi Gevinson. You're junior varsity Tavi. Is that what's going on?
3: Well, no, she kind of came afterwards. She, no shit. Yeah, no, I was. Um, oh, I do I you knew hate her. her?
0: Do you absolutely? No, not at all.
3: I love her. I met. I because you're smarter she than her, right? Just, can,
2: can we say that? Well, I'm also would you say that?
3: 25. Are you so I'm a lot than older Tabby than Tavi No, I would never. Oh, come she's on. lovely. I've you know what I've had dinner with her and her family.
2: Tony me judge
0: books. There's no way. Right we Tavi. should say okay, that let's not we, I, we should say Julia showed up with a book by Timothy Snyder the the European historian and Leah Liebowitz's book about Leonard Cohen.
3: Well that came. Oh that
0: he brought that. So like the thing is I'm from that sector of the world that figures fashion blogger she's not so bright See, and the that's thing. the wrong thing for me to think that right like absolute, I'm owning so it. It's so offensive.
3: No it's well first of all I think it's it's totally legitimate and I'm I'm not going to like distance myself from that but I'm not really a fashion blogger which is a funny sort of odd thing, I started writing for magazines. um, And then I was contributing sort of freelance to all sorts of magazines. And my agents and people were like, you should probably put it all in one place. So I would like start scanning it and just putting it on one little blog thing. But I never actually wrote anything explicitly for myself for a blog. It would always be like, this is what I wrote for Vogue de Bonn, or this is what I did for Teen Vogue or whatever. And Um, But, yeah, I mean, I sort of fell into fashion just by dint uh, of—I grew up around factories. That's what my parents did, very, like, all-American, union, sort of just big appreciation for—
2: I love, by the way, how you went from factories to magazines. Right. (laughs) One tying industry to another.
3: Well, my my grandfather was um, a—he wrote for The Times, full circle. Uh Uh-huh. And uh, he did their book review for 30 years and sort of was entrenched in academia. And I was in high school and didn't know what I was going to do with my life. So I was sort of just as, like... As many
0: high schoolers do Yeah.
3: And I still don't know what I'm going to do with my life. So that's the existential. But um, yeah, so I was writing. And uh, David Hirschkowitz, another great Jew of paper, kind of called me in. And uh, so I, I did that for a year. And then that sort of gap year continued a little longer than expected. By, like, five years. So, um, so to feed
2: off Mark Oppenheimer's completely objectionable, very offensive comment about about the intelligence I, of, of people in the fashion industry, if I was attractive in any way, I would never read or write anything.
3: Well, first it's a of total all, waste of time. you <laughs> underestimate your own no aura. You know, by now,
2: by now, I'm, you know, by now I'm good. But and I don't know why anyone would ever read a book if they could do something else that's way more fun.
3: Oh, see, I think you overestimate how fun Maybe fashion is. I mean, I'm, I've sort of fallen a bit out of it because I've been schooling full time um, and at university and all that. But uh, I will say that, you know, it's a lot of drudgery and being in the garment district and like... You know, I sort of fell into modeling just because I was writing and covering the shows and I was young and they'd be thinking I was backstage and I'm not. So I did um, you I Feel know, Like I'm honest, you, put but...
2: that on and walk.
3: <laughs> yeah, basically. So then they kept asking me to sort of go to um, meet with different agencies. So I did. And they have these things now called special bookings boards, which were sort of a novel thing when I first fell into it. And they have people like, you know, Dre Hemingway or people who... Aren't More
0: people than Mark and I have no idea. Yeah, who's that? Yeah. That
3: um, Ernest's great granddaughter. And, and, and is your
0: point that you're we, not six feet, and yet uh, you right. get to have a, the special? The special booking agencies are for like so for what we just call for weirdos, it, like special people. No, it's like like the they, the they ride people. the short bus. We
1: ride the short. It's we people who are of bus. interest for reasons, not because they yeah. no. walk runway shows. <laughs> <This is> amazing. We found your calling. There
2: is no special review board that <laughs> would ever. Let me tell do you. Do I thought
1: six you six want to be an Arab checker.
0: Yeah, well, I could do that and be a model
1: i mean there's a lot of
3: israelis
0: a I model. Mean, it's a thing um so will we ever get the day when they're actually semitic looking women on the runways
3: well i mean you have bar Raphaeli.
0: but 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 they're always
3: although she's not really on the runways i think they're so. not
0: really like they're they're you know they're very tan so ah oh, she could be middle eastern but right. basically you can't have a truly jewish nose and be a serious model
3: well i mean there's exceptions to every rule obviously because as soon as you said that i could but I
0: really I, who? Who's the exception to that rule?
3: I mean, I'm thinking like '70s era.
0: Shulamit Levy Cohen. <laughs> <So> <laughs> there you know it what? is. She was in all the magazines you bought when you were 12, <laughs> wasn't she? Ah, right. L- oh, Shulamit Levy Cohen. Let me ask you a question. With I- one hand. No, wait. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to make that joke. I'm While glad we're you on the notion there. of magazines, <laughs> like, do,
2: do you looking at the state of, of fashion journalism and, right. and writing of, of which you you are you know a, a major sort of part? Well, do you wish this was? D- d- do you wish we? do you wish it was better? Do do you wish it, do you wish that's, you know, this topic was covered more in depth, more creatively by, by other people, by better people looking at more angles? What, What do we need to get good at this?
3: I think that, um, the really, really spellbinding critiques that have a lot of depth and that really reveal something bigger about a collection or about a season or about, you know, something of, you know, telling significance um, exists and is in journals, sort of in academia. Um, really,
2: at, they're academic. Good, they really fashion? are.
3: It, believe it or not, Do and, they have really the funny
2: of, names. They, well, with like hyphens. They kind of
3: usually either tons. meander their way into sort of regular history journals, and they're just you know, like if you look at the Met Costume Institute, they have a lot of really. They don't deep, let me
2: near the Met Costume Institute. They
3: don't. So <laughs> no. they, you know, I think that it's. I think we tend to conflate as Americans what is on e. As like fashion police, which no longer exists, but may be resurrected. I don't know. I don't really keep up with that. And what's in magazines. Because there really are a lot of thoughtful, brilliant fashion writers out there. And they might not be the fashion bloggers who are taking selfies and on Snapchat, hashtag I ran deal. But they they exist.
2: Uh, this has been a very bleak program so far. I know. Uh, Me like. And, and I think, really, y- your outlook, you know, maybe that's why you can access that part of the world. that You know, Mark and I would never, ever be permitted to write about it because you have this amazing energy, and, and we love it, and yeah. we
0: appreciate it a great deal. You're too kind. All right. So we got—you can sit. Do you want to sit tight and I'm listen? I'm here. Should we get Aaron Definitely. online? Okay. And now, our world-famous feature Gentile of the Week. We are very excited to welcome, by telephone, from the West Coast, where she's just come in from surfing, Erin McKean. Hi, Erin. Uh,
4: you meant web surfing, right?
0: I meant web uh, I did. I meant web surfing. Uh, she is a lexicographer. She was editor of the—wait, which, which Oxford Dictionary did you edit?
4: The Oxford American Dictionary.
0: Amer- okay, that's our preferred one here. It's, the, it's a cooler one. It's the cooler one. <laughs> and um, she's founder of the online dictionary Wordnik, the world's largest and most robust online dictionary. Is that fair to say?
4: Yes, we are the world's biggest dictionary by number of words.
0: Of course, that's easy if you just have low standards for what counts as a word. Coppenheimer sure <laughs> on no, you that was a philosophical claim. I mean it's like if you i mean having lots of words is just a matter of lowering the bar for being a word right right Aaron? pretty much um okay well we have a we have a lot of questions for you, and I know you then have a question for us, but um why did you move from the world of august uh legacy print dictionary to online dictionizing?
4: ooh, I like the word dictionizing that can go in yeah, totally. <laughs>
0: I, <laughs> He's so jealous right now. It's amazing. We're, we all are.
2: You're, you're talking to some word I'm nerds totally, totally I'm mean, lexico- If someone called me a lexicographer, I'd be like, dude, I'm your friend forever.
4: <laughs> I, well, the reason is very simple. I love words. I like all of the words. And traditional dictionaries are kind of built on a policy of, well, exclusion. So
2: when you were in, in, in the print side of things, was there ever a moment – it should oh, you know, irregardless is totally a word. And someone said, Well, I'm really sorry, but that does not count. Was it was there was there a moment like
4: that? Oh, people would tell me that irregardless wasn't a word all the time, and I would say it is absolutely a word. It's just a terrible word. It's a
2: terrible word, right. No, but, but are are we word racist? do, do, do we keep certain <laughs> words out for certain reasons? I mean, are we do we have biases against certain words?
4: Oh, everyone has biases against certain words. And that's and you know, that's more or less fine as long as it's not a proxy for bias against people who use certain words.
0: Well wait a second. I for example think that anyone who says Hella is like a, <sighs> a, a a roofied out West Coast. Stephanie douche. Come on. Does that make me a bad person?
1: <laughs> yes. <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> 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 Stephanie says yes. Okay. <laughs> So this is a democratic movement like you had to get out of the the literal hidebound uh literally hidebound world of you know pigskin wrapped print dictionaries on vellum to to, to let to let the people breathe free is that what it Mark's is Mark's imagination of book publishing stopped somewhere on 1732 It's yeah. all Gutenberg it's all There's Gutenberg. No, no way that proud.
4: dictionaries could afford pigskin or vellum
0: but you had to get you had to let your word nerd breathe free is that what was going on
4: Well, I really, I really truly believe that every word deserves a place in the dictionary.
1: I feel like each year we hear like the Oxford English Dictionary added six words and like one is selfie and we're all supposed to get angry about (laughs) that. But like, I like your attitude so much more.
4: It's, I mean, well, that is an excellent uh, marketing tactic, right? Let's go make a bunch of people mad so they come visit our website. It's awesome. And buy
2: our book. You don't do that at Wordnik. You're above that.
4: Uh, we might be above it. We might be just not organized enough to do it.
2: So listen, we just celebrated the, uh, at the beginning of the Jewish New Year, 5776, two days ago. Uh, what, what's, the, what's the word of the year for 5776? What, what, what are your predictions? <laughs> <laughs> Give me three strong words for 5776. We'll, well start Tishrei I- off on a blast.
4: I just found this Yiddishism that I had never heard before while getting ready to talk to y'all. And I really want it to make a comeback in a big way.
0: Okay, well, you're on the right podcast. (laughs) We could bring it right to the Yids. So go ahead.
4: Uh, A nook schlepper? Do you guys know this word? Sounds naughty. I don't know.
0: We're all, you've defeated our panel of experts. I want to be that.
4: (laughs) Uh, It's somebody who tags along behind you, like
1: in a sycophantic way. That is amazing. Nook schlepper. Like they're yeah. sleeping in your nook of personal space. I like that.
4: Yes. And I think that um, it would be a nice way to to say what I think the kids today use thirsty to
1: mean. It's exactly what thirsty is. I, whoa, these guys whoa. don't know what thirsty is. That's
0: right. 27-year-old. Explain to us what thirsty is.
1: Thank you. I'm 27 for another week. So as many mentions of that tonight as possible. Okay. Thirsty is like if you're really reaching, you're really like you want attention you like usually use a lot of hashtags to make sure your tweets get seen you're like you're thirsty it's 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 not cool it's also this idea that like
0: so it's what hunger used to mean (laughs) are you thirsty
1: yes you're thirsty thirsty. to be
2: on flick is that the thing on fleek (laughs) Fleek? and that's not Not anymore no
0: that's so like you're shameless
1: in your in your aspirations for like internet fame basically
0: Aaron, uh you're are you are you at all jewish
1: not that I know of.
0: Okay, so you're a perfect Gentile of the Week. Did you have a question for us? Is there anything we can help you with as a panel of, of Jews here?
4: So, I I kind of have a crush on the Hebrew language.
2: You and me both, sister. Well, can we help you with that?
4: Well, I was looking, so I, I was trying to figure out, okay, well, uh, what words has English stolen from Hebrew lately? Like, in the modern era. Ooh. And... Uh, And because there, I mean, there's a lot of innovation going on in Israel. Like there's all this tech stuff, there's all this medical research, but I couldn't find a lot of them.
2: Well, um, I don't know what what English has stolen recently. I haven't kept, you know, abreast of of any of that. I I do know that, you know, the fun of modern Hebrew is that it, it is incredibly diverse because it is very adept at stealing itself. Like the most common turn of phrase you would hear when someone you know departs after a party would be "tov yalla bye," which is a combination of three separate languages in three words: it's tov in Hebrew, yalla in Arabic, and bye in English. Uh, I-, I could think of some words that. <laughs> Can
4: you say that again?
2: Wait, say it slower for her. Tov yalla bye. It's like tov, okay, or good. Yalla means come on. Bye, like goodbye. I'm going. <laughs> uh, and this is literally what every every person would say to you as they exit a room, and it's kind of amazing to think that you know this thing is common parlance. I love that
1: it ends in English. It does. Well,
2: of it ends with everything ends in in English.
3: It's like the reverse of you know how French has like a cultural mm-hmm. minister and mm-hmm. they language police. We
2: have the we have the opposite of that
0: exactly. <laughs> They're like have an come ex, on in an export
2: beer. I'm like what is this word? Come bring it to the
0: language. The velvet rope has come down. Yeah. Um, I think, I, I don't think know. Think some words that that ought to be, you know, English Yeah, give English us a few. That, what should English import from Hebrew? Um, there's an
2: incredible verb in Hebrew that really is impossible to translate called lefergen, which is basically to actively root for the success and well being of another, uh, which is Ooh, really great.
4: It's the opposite of schadenfreude. It's exactly it's the, the opposite of
0: schadenfreude. And, it. and it's really, really nice. And, I love that know, it's a Jewish word that's the opposite of schadenfreude, yeah. too. The, the oh, could you say
4: that again, slowly, and kind of more say Englishized?
0: Englishized, le fargen,
4: le fargen,
1: hummus,
0: hummus. <laughs> I'd like to suggest a word that we should import. So I think that there should be like a kind of metaphorical street usage of knesset, like your 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 posse.
3: Yeah. Ooh, like my like squad, squad goals. yeah. There's my knesset, <laughs> yeah. yo. Yeah, we right. make the
0: shekels, yo. Right, I think that's right, and it's like it's a more elite subset of your posse. Like your posse <laughs> might you might roll forty deep, yeah. but your knesset is like eighteen guys.
1: <laughs> I love that, <laughs> wow. Mark.
0: Do you want to be in my knesset? I totally want to be your knesset. I'm I do, honored,
1: Erin, So I saw that you can now sponsor a word. You can ad- is it adopt a word on WordNick?
4: You can adopt a word on word, Nick. We launched our Kickstarter today. We are trying to find a million words that are missing for traditional dictionaries. So what
1: are the words that people want to adopt most? Like the cutest words in the shelter that like everyone wants.
4: Everybody wanted the <laughs> word serendipity.
1: Oh, uh, that's that's basic. For shame. Speaking of words stolen. Yeah,
0: basic. <laughs> you know what I'm going to adopt? If I, I want to put my marker down on this right now, I want to adopt anti-vaxxer.
1: Ooh, that's an interesting choice.
0: Because God willing, someday it'll go away. And I want to I mark that moment in time.
3: You want to inoculate?
0: <laughs> I want to inoculate us all against <laughs> it ever coming back. So, okay, so um, we got to run. But uh, where can people go to adopt a word?
4: If you go to WordNick, that's N-I-K, like beatnik or sputnik.com slash Kickstarter, it'll redirect you to our campaign.
0: Okay, and will you come back sometime and talk words with us again?
4: Anytime.
0: Okay, thank you, Ms. McKean. Thank you.
2: Okay, bye
4: bye. Tove y'all bye.
0: So, rather than doing a prayer of the week. Last week we did New Year's resolutions. I wanted to ask you all. It's kind of an adapted New Year's resolution. What do you want to do more of this year, Liel? This year I want to read more things by Mark Oppenheimer. No, 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 don't. <laughs> no, I'm serious. do That's so of you. Is, Yeah, that's is, so. Is, is it's, the year of Mark Oppenheimer. No, you're a nook schlepper. A Listen. nook schlepper. You're nook schlepping me. Don't <laughs> give me false secrets. Don't nook me, bro. You don't want to. Don't nook me, bro. Can we make this a T-shirt?
2: I, I like
3: this. <laughs> don't no. nook schlep
2: me, bro. Yo. This is the year we make we make uh, we make Mark famous. This is our obligation. Stephanie, you should be in on this, too. Okay. This is the year our family, our kids actually
0: meet for the future shidduch of your... Of, Knesset goals. Our, our, you know, <laughs> this is the year the Knesset grows strong. Stephanie?
1: Well, my dad had this nice riff about, like, we shouldn't leave all of our apologizing to right before the high holidays. And, like, why are we not holding ourselves accountable throughout the year? And I really don't want mine to be like, I want to apologize more. But I kind of want to apologize. No, I don't want to apologize more. I want to like think about things my dad says. More I would like and t- you to apologize less. I M- my apologies is all about the I didn't apologize two at you. all this year.
2: I'm going to read more stuff Steph- <laughs> more, more Mark, and I'm going to make Stephanie apologize. I'm less. not
1: sorry for anything. It's I good. actually you shouldn't
0: be. Do you
1: know why in. I didn't answer that question either? I'm yeah. doing more of that this year. <laughs> yeah, leaning more, ignoring you. I'm leaning into this microphone. So I would lean in
0: more, Stephanie. Um, I actually have a very specific and I, I actually, you guys are, I know, I'm shamed by you because you guys made it about other people and selflessness. And you were great people. That's how we are. And we're amazing I wanna, people. I want to finally write an essay I've been planning to write for a long time, which is about being a man who doesn't follow sports at all. Like Ooh. the alienated space of a man who just doesn't, like I, I was going to watch Serena and Venus and then I forgot it was on. But that's how bad it's gotten. What do you do instead? I don't know. Like, I probably watched, like, Narcos on Netflix. Or, or <laughs> that's, that's manly. No, I mean, I, right, I, I did Come something on, macho, but anyway. We love mail. If you have thoughts, comments, praise, or questions for our panel of experts or a word to suggest to Aaron McKean and Wordnik, preferably a word from Hebrew, send them to unorthodox at tabletmag.com. Unorthodox is a production of Tablet Magazine, produced by the great Julie Subrin, who's going to have a great year in 5776, with superior assistance from Sarah Ivory, who's going to have an even better year. Our rabbinic supervision this week is by Philip Roth, whom I spotted at Ashley's Ice Cream in New Haven. Our website is tabletmag.com. Our music is by Golem, And to get our newsletter, shoot an email to unorthodox at tabletmag.com. Come back next week. Tov Bye. Can you say it right, Leo? No, say how do you say it in... No, you say it perfectly. Tov-y-a-la-ba. 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 Tov-y-a-la-ba.